have a guest speaker today, and uh, she's come all the way from Woolwich, so blessing to Kelly and her husband, Carly. I'm going to read the scriptures in a moment again, but uh, just when a new person comes, it's good to get to know them a little bit, so it's really good that you're here. Do you want to just tell us, Kelly, how you became Christian in the first place? So I became a Christian um, by two cousins knocking at the door and um, saying that they'd been fasting and praying. Didn't know that they'd become Christians, but they said they'd been fasting and praying for nine days and that the Lord had sent them to, um, to our house. I was, I was there. It was my sister's flat, and we were there together. And, uh, yeah, they told us about the gospel for the first time, and we got powerfully saved. And then about... 15 minutes after, we got filled with the Holy Spirit, and it was a true encounter um, with, with the Lord. That sounds fantastic. Now, you're the, the pastor of Woolwich Community Church. Have you been a pastor for a long time or relatively recently? So I've been a pastor um, at Woolwich for almost three years and um, been part of the church for about 17 years. So. Okay, so a long time in the church, mm-hmm. but fairly new pastoring that's good what do you like best about being a church pastor well I just I've got to tell you it's it's really it's just the joy of my life um I think I think being um a part of the church and the fabric of who they are uh that's obviously helpful and um yeah I just feel it's it's I just feel I'm in I'm in God's heart I'm it's my dream job (laughs) that's brilliant that's fantastic when you get that now, I must confess to being a bit surprised by you, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a great-grandmother. Yes, I am. Surely not. Surely. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your family? <laughs> well, we've got, um, we've got six children, three boys, three girls. We have 17 grandchildren. So we have 11, 11 uh, grandsons and um, six granddaughters. Uh, the recent one was about two weeks ago. And we have one great-grandson, Noah. Yeah, round of applause for that. Fantastic. (laughs) That's brilliant. And as a church, we've become friends with a network called Pioneer. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you've just become a kind of Pioneer church. Do you want to say what you like about Pioneer, how you've been connected with them? So we was looking into Pioneer as a church for about 18 months, uh, just checking them out. And we we just found that, you know, the Spirit was leading us to really open up our hearts, seek um, him as a leadership, and we just felt that God was saying, yes, this is the right network. And I was thinking this morning about um, Pioneer, and you know when it's a really windy, stormy day, and you've got your silly umbrella, and it just blows inside out, and you think, what is the point? And then you've, if you've got a really tough umbrella, and it just, it just shields you. I've got a really, really strong umbrella, um, and that's what Pioneer feels like. It's a, a very strong covering, and we feel safe. Fantastic. Great. Kelly's going to preach in a moment, but she's asked me to read the passage again, so I'll do that and then hand over to her. Thank you very much. Just that one verse from Psalm 103 first. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. And then Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 14. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. 
Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. And as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt down before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. But just then, a woman who'd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned round. When he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. That girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. And the report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Lord, we thank you for those powerful encounters with you. We thank you for your word. Thank you. It's real and relevant and alive to us today. And we pray for Kelly that you'll speak through her right now. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us today. Amen. Amen. So I'm really um, privileged to be here. And the reality of what's happening in our world and the reality of what's happening in our lives individually, it's, it's a great Sunday to preach the gospel. That's what I, that's what I believe. So I'm going to bring the word of the Lord to you today. And uh, your, your pastor asked me, I think maybe a few weeks ago, was it about, yeah, maybe a few weeks ago, if I would come and share and as soon as he asked me, I felt my spirit leap inside. And he said that you're talking about like encountering Jesus. And I said to, her, I said to him, do, do, do you have a passage? And um, he said, oh, do you want me to give you a passage? I said, no, can I just wait on the Lord for, for a passage? So um, he said, yes. So the Lord gave me this passage uh, in Matthew 9. So it is from the Lord, and um, I, f- I feel like I'm carrying it, and I'm, I'm carrying it and giving birth to it right now to you guys. And what a timely, timely message that the Lord has given me. So we've just heard in the scriptures that there's two encounters um, that we've just read about. Not just one, there's, there's two, because Jesus kept it moving. He just kept it moving. He knew who he was. He had a mission and he had to fulfill what the father wanted him to fulfill. So he was always, always on the move. So we, we have this picture here of Jesus encountering these two people during this, this chapter. So Jesus is in, um, is in a situation where he's, he's, having, he's having lunch or dinner. But they're having time of fellowship and they're eating. And then this ruler just comes in. He just barges in. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He barges in. And he comes and he comes to worship. So I want to speak to you today about a different way to worship. If I say to you, how do you worship God? Most of us will say, well, we worship God with singing, with worship, you know, lifting our hands. We worship God with the word of God. 
There's many different ways to worship. But when I was looking at this passage, I saw a different way um, to worship. So this synagogue ruler, he comes and he, he throws himself on his knees and he, he worships Jesus. And it says in that, in that passage, he worshiped Jesus saying, my daughter is dead. But if you come, you come, she will become alive. So he worshipped her out of anguish. He didn't worship her like we just did, worship him like we just did with the songs on and, you know, and worship and we love you, Lord. He worshipped the Lord, interrupting his day, interrupting what he was doing because he was worshipping the Lord from, from a need that he had and desperation and anguish. Jesus immediately, he rises to his feet and his disciples follow him and he goes off to go and bring life to this dead body of this 12-year-old girl. On his way, there's a woman who's had a lot of issues and she has a major issue still going on. There's blood coming from her body. She can't stop it. She's an outcast. She spent all her money and she, she says to herself, in herself, secretly, she says to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garden, garment, I will be made whole. This is something that she said secretly. Again, the master, he was, he, was, he was hurrying to get to this young girl. But it says that he knew that virtue went out of him. He knew that someone had touched him. And she touched him with her secret faith, with her secret anguish. She touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. And what she'd done in secret, the worship she had in secret, he rewarded her instantly, openly. Openly. And he turned and he said, woman, your faith, what is in you has made, has made you whole. And then he continues on his journey and he gets to the house of the synagogue ruler. And then, then he raises this young girl from the dead. And as he arrives at the house, there's mourners. They're mourning and they're, and they're wailing. And he puts them away. And he says that this child is not dead. And they laugh him. They laugh him to scorn, it says. But he goes in and he raises her from the dead. So I was reading this and I was thinking, well, Lord, just before you was interrupted by this synagogue ruler, just before you was actually, you was in conversation and you were talking about fasting. And then you started talking about, well, we're not going to put new wine into old wine skins. So I was just reading it. I was thinking, how did you get from fasting? Then you were talking about wine. And, and then I realized as I was reading on that the Lord was saying that there is a new order coming in and I am that new order. I am the new way. I am the new covenant. And there is going to be a new way to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And this new way to worship the Father is going to change everything. And this man, this young ruler, he came with his anguish. He came with his desperation. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she came as she was with her desperation to worship. And he likened this unto new wine and old wine. And as he was talking to the disciples and as he was saying, this is, this is the new order, this is new wine. All of a sudden, this man, this synagogue ruler, he, he bursts in. And I, I just saw it as a picture of what he was actually saying. He was just talking about new wine and new wineskin. There's something new coming, a new way to worship, a new way to live life. And then this man, he barges in, and right in front of them, there was a demonstration of this new way to worship. 
I just want to um, use one scripture in Psalms 103 that's already been read to us as well. 103 and verse 1. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, what does that scripture have to do with this passage? It's connected to me because we can bless the Lord, all our soul, and all that is within us. We can bless him if we do this the way God has mapped it out. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Have you ever asked yourself what is really in you? When I was reading this passage, I saw, oh Lord, what is in me? There's good things in me, really great things in me. But there's some bad things in me. There's some ugly things in me. And there's some very ugly things in me. And the Lord wants us to realize the way he wants us to worship him is in the midst and in the reality of the fears that we face in this life. The true troubles of our lives. The the, the internal war that is going on inside of some of us. The challenges we face, the secret sin that you're hiding. God wants to home in on that and say, listen, I'm after, I'm after the darkness. The Lord is after the darkness in us. And we say, darkness in us, I'm, I'm, I'm born again, I'm, I'm saved, I'm, I'm set free. I'm... But the scriptures say that the, the heart is, is wicked. And when we get situations like what we're in at the moment in this, in this world... And fear comes to try and strangle us and to try and rob us from the truth. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to live in faith or are we going to live in fear? While we're doing all of that, the Lord wants us to have capacity inside of us for us to be real. We can bless the Lord with our soul and everything that is within us. And as we do that, that's how we bless the Lord. When I read the scripture, I thought, how do I bless you? How, how, how do I bless the God of all creation? You made everything. You made me. You created me. You create life. You could, you could, the Bible says he could pick up a stone and he could make that stone into a, a son of Abraham with a lineage, with a heritage, right there and then. God is everything. God is awesome. God is beautiful. He's our God. How do I bless him? How do you bless God? Just off the top of your head, think about that. How, how do you bless God? And I read this scripture and I thought, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. I can bless you, Lord, with everything that is in me. You can bless the Lord with the good, the bad, and the ugly things that are in us. We don't have to go to God just with the great things. What about the fear? What about the turmoil? What about the pressures of life? What about that person that you find just so annoying and you just think, I can't forgive that person? I just can't do it, Lord. I can't. God wants your realness. And at a time like this, he wants us to go to him, just like these two people that encountered Jesus went to him. One man in desperation went to him. His daughter was dead. She was dead. And yet he still went to Jesus and said, Jesus, Jesus, if you come, Life will come. If you come and put your hands on her, life will come. The woman with the issue of blood, she came in her anguish. She came in her desperation. She came with who she really was. She came and said, I need, inside of herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. God is after every part of us. 
and he wants us to have capacity for life. And sometimes inside of us, we're so challenged with what we're carrying from the past, from childhood. Some of us, childhood is still tugging at our lives. It's still crippling us. And the Lord says, I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I want the good parts about you, the bad parts and the ugly parts and the very ugly parts. There's some of you that are are just grappling with so many hidden secret things that are going on. And I want to put it to you today that you can worship the Lord with that part of you. With that part of you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You can bless the Lord with the bad stuff. You can worship the Lord with the good and the bad and the ugly. I challenge you today to take God at his word, to go before the King of Kings and say, I'm frightened, I'm terrified of this coronavirus. Tell him the truth. Is that you? If that is you, tell him. Tell him the truth. Don't put on your Christian facade. Tell him the truth. I'm, I'm frightened I might die. I'm frightened that my neighbor or my family might catch this. And you go to God with your terror. But we see something like, well, that, that man went to him because his daughter had died. The woman with the issue of blood. They had ma- major issues. Of course they went to him with those issues. And that's a big issue. So you think, oh, of course, he, of course they would go to him with those issues. But your issues are very important to God because they trap you and they strangle you and they trip you up. And God has called you on this earth. He's put you on this earth to make the difference. You have a plan from God to fulfill. You have a purpose. Some of you are at different stages of that process. But God has called you to make the difference in life. Every day of your life is precious. It's a gift. Today, we're awake today. It is a gift from God. Today isn't a day just to, it's not a filler. God hasn't given you today just to fill in until the main event happens. Because you might not get into tomorrow. You might not get into next year. What you do right now, it is almost quarter to 12. What you're doing by receiving the word of the Lord, what I'm doing by giving the word of the Lord, it matters. It matters. It makes the difference now and it makes the difference into eternity. You're not just being prepared for what is happening around you in this life. You're being prepared for eternity. You make the difference. Do not take time for granted. Don't take every day. It's just, oh, it's just another day. Honor the gift of today that God has given us. He created this day for us to live in. Many people haven't got into today. They didn't get into 2020. Many people are not going to see the end of 2020. While you have breath in your body, know that it's a gift from God. This virus, it's attacking the lungs, the breath, the breath of life. The breath of life comes from Yeshua. That's where it comes from. And remember that. That's where your breath comes from. Almighty God, honor God with your life. Honor God with your good things and with your bad things, with your struggles. Because God wants to take them away and he wants to give you capacity. Where you was so fearful in an area, he wants to bring supernatural faith. And we know, those of you that have been serving God for a long time, we know that this is a supernatural world. And it's, it's a mystery how it all happens. 
we don't fully know, but we know we was this way and now we're that way. We know that we were going after the devil, not even realizing it, but that's how we were living. We were living with the father of darkness as our father and we didn't even know it. And Jesus encountered us and we were going that way and instantly we started going in a different direction. How did that happen? It's a mystery. We can't understand it fully. But the reality is you were touched by God. You have been called out of darkness into light to make the difference to yourself, to those closest to you and to the world around you in your sphere of influence. Some of you, you know about your calling and you're walking in your calling. You're being processed. And you're thinking, well, this is hard going. This is hard going. Keep going. Don't take your hand off the plow. Don't take your hand off the plow still moving. The kingdom is still being advanced. It's an unstoppable kingdom that we are part of. It's unstoppable. We serve a king who knows everything that's happening. Who's in the driving seat right now? The spirit of the living God. You put Sky News on. You put this news on the BBC. And yeah, if you feed yourself with that fear... You're going to come up with being frightened. Feed yourself with the word of the living God. Do you think this is a surprise to God? God's not falling off of his throne, touching his head, thinking, what what am I going to do? This is no surprise to the Lord. He knows what he's doing. But he knows what he's doing in you individually. You have been called. You have been set apart for the glory of God. You've been set apart. When Jesus called his apostles to himself... It says that he called them. He went to a mountain to pray. It says this in Mark's gospel. And you could say, where, where in Mark's gospel? Don't be lazy. Read the whole of it. <laughs> That's what I say to my church. Stop being lazy. Where, where's that verse? I say, just read the chapter. In Mark's gospel, it says that the Lord called his apostles. He went to a mountain and he called the apostles to himself. He appointed them and he anointed them for himself that is our highest call to worship God we are called we are set apart we are called to worship the living God he called us to himself that's the first thing he does it says he called them to himself and then he appointed them and then he sends them there's too many sent ones that haven't been with him they haven't spent time with him he's the master he's the answer to everything Bow your knee, bow your knee before the king of glory every day. Bow your physical knee and say, Lord, here am I again today, Lord. I wake up in your presence and I'm thankful and grateful. What do you want me to do? That's how I live my life. Every moment of every day belongs to him. If anything is in me, I say, Lord, that doesn't belong to you. Just show me and it's yours. No holding back. No holding back. The enemy is not playing around with anybody. And if you've got half your foot in the world, half your foot in the church, he will spit you out. The enemy will spit you out and ruin your life. If you've got secret sin that's hidden and you've got away with it for so long, for so long, for so long, expose it to the master. Give it to the Lord. It's not worth it. It's not worth what it's really doing inside of you. Talk to somebody, go to one of your leaders, go to somebody that you can trust, expose the darkness. When the light comes on darkness, the darkness is exposed and the king of glory comes in and he changes that darkness and he sets us free. There is nothing too hard and wonderful. You are his prized possession. You are the reward of his suffering. 
He paid the price that you would be with him. If you've ever been in love yourself, if you've ever met somebody that's in love, it's quite attractive, isn't it, when you see it, when you're, when you're just either in love yourself and you see someone else just besotted with somebody. I met my husband when I was 15, and he was 16. And I, I used to play truant from school. I used to hop school and then come down to Lewisham to the precinct and, uh, yeah, to meet him. Absolute, I was just absolutely besotted with him. And he was absolutely besotted with me. But when you're that age, you don't realise it's the real thing, do you? You just, you just... But it was like a fiery love just blazed in our hearts. I'm saying that to say to you, that's the type of relationship the Lord wants with you. That's the type of love that he wants you to realize that's yours for the taking, to be in love with him. Because when you're with him, it's so easy to do anything he wants. When you love someone, it's like anything, you can do anything. You know, like some people call it the honeymoon period. And Let your honeymoon period last for eternity. It doesn't have to end. It doesn't have to be an expiry date. I'm talking about naturally, natural people that get married, but I'm also talking about with the Lord of your soul, the lover of your soul. When you spend time with him, when you're with him, when you focus on him, when you're conscious of him, every minute of every day and in love with him, everything changes. Everything changes. In a split second, in a split moment, he's there to answer whatever you need. When you're in terrible, dire straits, we have a lot of children, a lot of grandchildren. There is a lot going on all the time. I'm telling you, there is a lot. There's a lot of great things, but there's a lot of trauma, drama, nonstop. Things are always going on. So we've got to be, I I say this, I say I've got to be because I don't give myself options to live a certain way anymore. I haven't got the option. It's not a part of my life, an option not to live fully, fully fledged and on fire for the living God. I don't give myself the option not to live like that. It's something that I can go to God every day and say, Lord, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh. The church needs to wake up. You need to wake up people of God and you need to walk in the power and the demonstration of the spirit of the living God. Let him fill you afresh every day. So that he makes the difference in you. And you make the difference to those around you. God is after your heart. He's after everything. He wants everything. He's a jealous God. He wants everything. Everything. Those children that you have. They're not yours. You're a steward. That money that you've got, that house you live in, the car you drive, those clothes that you wear, that job that he gave you, that, that mind that he gave you, the intelligence, the degrees and PhDs that you've got. You should, be, you should be aware that you're just stewarding all of that. You don't own any of it. In a second, in a moment, our life could be taken from us and we would be before the king of glory. We steward everything. Steward well. Steward well the gift of God that is in you. Steward well the things that he's given you. Be like these people that we just read about. That go to God in their anguish, in their desperation. There's people here that you're you're praying for, for loved ones to be saved. And when I was reading this passage, and I saw that this ruler said, My daughter is dead, but you can make her alive. There's many of our relatives that are dead spiritually. 
and Yeshua can bring life. And we need to say to him, they are dead, but you can bring life. I'm not being moved by how they're behaving, what they're doing, how they're living. They are dead, Lord, but you can bring your resurrection life. The Lord has been, uh, he keeps reminding me over the last few days to tell you about something I'm about to tell you about. And I was kind of hesitant. I was like, oh, Lord. I've, um, I think I've only shared it once publicly before. And I want to share this with you because the Lord has prompted me to, to show you the reality of living moment by moment in the presence of the Lord intentionally, no matter what happens. I don't know how many of you know Phil Stokes, Phil and Julie Stokes. Phil Stokes came to preach for us and he's preaching, he's preaching away. And I was sitting at the back and he's preaching away and he was preaching about the resurrection um, and the power of God. And then he was preaching... And then he, then he started speaking and he's preached about a friend he had who had just um, tried to raise, raise the dead. And I was sitting at the back and I, just, I just had this insatiable desire in me to raise the dead. And I said to the Lord, while I was sitting at the back, how do you get dead bodies though? It's not like you can get a dead body. You can't just go, go around and get a dead body. You know, it's not a, really, it's not a nice thing, is it? Where do you get dead bodies from? But he was preaching in such power. And I was thinking about people like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and all these people. And I thought, I don't want to read about it. I want, I want to do it. Read the book. The book says we can do it. And this is what I was thinking while I was sitting at the back. Very, very unfortunate for us. Within two hours of that message, my husband's twin brother died. Within two hours of that message. Everything inside of me, I just wanted to get to the body. Now, this is my brother-in-law. My sister's got, you know, it was like two sisters and two brothers together. My sisters, you know, they've got a child. And I wanted to get to his body. It was, can you imagine? Can you imagine being in that situation? You've got faith in you to do something that God's telling you to do. And somebody you love and have known since you were 15 is dead. We got in the car, we drove down to where he was. The police were there. The ambulance service was there. I said, I'm going to park the car. My husband went up. And this is his twin. This is not like a twin that, oh, they lived in different areas. This is a twin. You know, um, there was three people in this marriage. Let's just say that. Yeah, he was that type of twin, yeah? And my husband, he went upstairs. I parked the car. I needed to park it. I found a parking space. When I've got upstairs, my husband is standing outside with, with you know, the police. They don't want to let anybody in and and I'm like, what's happening? Where, where is he? So my, hus- my husband's in shock. And he said, he's, in, he's inside. He's inside. I, I just said, I'm going in. Let me in. And they, the police tried to stop me. and said, you can't. So physically, I got out of, you know, they couldn't grab me. So I, I got into the room. And I just looked at the, um, the senior guy who was, um, had all the equipment, the ambulance uh, service, the crew. And I just put my hands together and I said... I promise you I won't be any trouble. Can I just stay? And he said to the police, let her stay. She can just, she can just stay. All that came out of me was... Now, now they were putting their equipment away now. They'd, they'd given up. It was like it was... There was no hope. And I, all inside of me, my spirit, I just started shouting and saying, you are the resurrection and the life. 
you are the resurrection and life. That's all I could say. I put my hand on his body and I was saying, you are the resurrection and the life. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the resurrection and the life. And they're all looking at me as they're putting their, the oxygen thing away. They're, they're wrapping it all up. They're putting it all away. And I've just got my hand on him saying, you are the resurrection, Lord, and the life. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the resurrection and the life. And then the senior guy just said, we've got a pulse. We've got a pulse. We've got a pulse. That's, that's what he said. We have got a pulse. They got the equipment all back out again. It was just, you know, my husband's outside. He doesn't know what's going on. They took him to the hospital. Because you don't, obviously, you, you don't go to the hospital. You have to go to the morgue if you're dead. But they took him to the hospital, into the ward. I'm saying that to say to you is because I had, a, I had an opportunity to do what I believe the Spirit of God was telling me to do. That was on a Sunday. The Saturday, we was in Glasgow. The day before this, we was in Glasgow. And the Spirit of God spoke to my husband and said, get out of the way of your brother. I am, I'm taking him. He, he didn't think that that meant he was taking him out of the world. He thought he meant, you know, he's just going to take over and he's going to help in his life. And so the Lord already said that on the Saturday. We didn't connect that until, obviously, that, you can imagine that a lot was going on. Got to the hospital. The Lord allowed him five more hours to live. It was time for his grandchildren to see him, his children, to get to say goodbye. And then the Lord took him. I had an opportunity to do something. My niece is so grateful to me that I was bold enough to do that because she got to say goodbye to her dad. The Lord's will was that he was going. He was going anyway. The Lord had told us that the day before, but we didn't connect it. I'm saying that to you today to say he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And while we were there, the ambulance crew and the police, they came to find us in the hospital. Look how busy they are. Why would they do that? They came to find us and said, we have never seen anything like that in our lives. We have never. Keep doing what you're doing. The ambulance crew, separate from the police, came to find us to tell us that. I say that to you because the Lord has asked me to share that. That's a very personal thing, that, that something that happened. Obviously, it's a testimony, but he, he was such a big part of our lives. But the Lord took him. The Lord took him. And um, about three weeks before that, we prayed with him to receive the Lord as his saviour. He wept, he cried. We just, so we knew that he was with the Lord. But we go to God in good times and in bad. This coronavirus has to bow to Jesus. Has to bow to Jesus. Don't let it overtake you. Don't be moved by it. And as soon as we get over that, there'll be something else in life, sooner or later, that will hit you. Live a life for the master. Live a life for Yeshua every minute of every single day. Because God has a plan for you. You can make the difference in someone's life. You can make a difference just like the Lord is making a difference in your life. So true worship is two ways. We're talking about encountering Jesus. They had an encounter with Jesus. But I want to put it to you. It wasn't just one way. They wasn't just touching the master. He was touching them. He was encountering them. He was interested in their lives. We want to worship God, 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 God. And we forget that God is interested in us. It was two way. It wasn't one way. 
They were encountering each other. Spiritual exchange. My darkness, my pain, my reality. For your resurrection, for your life, for your healing, for your solution, for your answer. It's two ways. It's not one way. Don't carry your burdens. Don't carry them. Give them to him. Spiritual exchange. Exchange the darkness. Exchange the turmoil, the anguish, the desperation. Exchange it for life. Death for life. Jesus died so that we could have life. Death for life. Take your walk with the Lord seriously. Some of you young people, you find yourself in situations. No one understands what it's like to be a young person. Some of us older people, we don't understand the reality of it. We've gone through a lot of teenagers. We've got, you know, quite a few of them. So we get to hear what's really going on. How you have to live. You can trust God any minute of any day in any situation. The spirit of God will help you. He will set you free. He'll give you the answers that you need. You don't have to just succumb to the world and be like them. He can be your protector. He can set you free. So let's realize you were called out of darkness for a purpose, for a reason. It wasn't just so you could get an education, get married, have a family, have a house. All those things go with it, but seek first the kingdom. Seek first the king. All those things will be added. Don't rush after those things and you're not seeking the king. Seek the king first. So I just want to share that with you, that to be a true worshiper of God, that's what he's seeking. He says, he says in his word, when the, when, when the Lord met the woman with the, um, uh, uh, the, the well, when he met the woman at the well, and he spoke about true worshipers, there's coming a time, true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. Be truthful to the Lord. Worship with the Holy Spirit's guidance. Be truthful of who you really are, what's really in you. Worship him in spirit and in truth. And do that spiritual exchange constantly, all the time. Be real with God. Tell him, I can't do this. Some of you need to start doing what he's told you to do. And some of you need to stop doing what he's told you to stop doing. I'll say that again. There's some of you that need to start doing what he's told you to do. And there's some of you need to stop doing what he's told you to stop doing because you will be caught out while you can hear the voice of the Lord today through my voice stop doing what you're doing and start doing what he's told you to do can you just stand to your feet please hallelujah hallelujah I just want to speak shalom over you shalom that word shalom is abundant peace freedom from anarchy fear and chaos and tranquility and calm to come. Shalom over you, his people. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, you've never known the Lord, you've never received him, received him as your Lord and Savior, and you maybe don't even know what I'm talking about, God wants to invite you into his family. There is a family, there is a life that God wants to give you that is on offer to you today because Jesus died on a cross for you, for your sins. He paid the price so that you could come into a family and have your sins forgiven and the weight of the world, the weight of your shoulders come off of you. There's some here that that's how you feel. You feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Some of you that secretly, you don't tell people how you really feel. Some of you know, this is me, you're talking to me. 
May you hear God's voice through my voice. This is, I am a sent one of God to speak on his behalf. You are sent ones of God to speak on his behalf. And God is saying today, shalom upon you. May there be freedom from anarchy, fear and chaos that is in this world. And may tranquility and calm come. May Yeshua reside and rest upon you in freedom, in deliverance, in wholeness, in salvation. May sickness and darkness flee from your body. May you wrap yourself around the spirit of God as he wraps himself around you. May you be a people that do spiritual exchange all the time. That's how the kingdom operates. He came for death. He came for darkness. He came for sin. He paid the price to get you out of trouble. You don't have to carry your troubles. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to tuck them away. Don't let them be hidden anymore. Expose them to the light. Expose them to the master so that he can set you free. Amen. Amen.